sufficient even for these times. Grace is still sufficient even at the gas pump. <laughs> Amen. Uh, you might have to start putting some of that in your tank before too terribly long uh, if gas prices continue to go up. But, oh, I'm thankful for grace. I don't know about you. For by grace am I saved. For by grace do I serve. And for by grace do I live. Without grace, it would be impossible to do and to be all that God's called us to do and all that God's called us to be. But it's sufficient. It's sufficient. Listen, don't ever, ever look in the mirror of God's word and think to yourself, oh, I can never live up to that. I can never be the Christian, the husband, the wife, the young person. I can never be that. No, grace is sufficient. It meets us where we are and helps take us to who we need to be if we'll just trust in that grace. If it could save us, oh, can I tell you, it can transform us, amen? And I pray today, if you don't know for sure that you're saved, you'll trust in the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Good to be home. Glad to be back behind the pulpit here at Central. Had a nice week away with our family, just a quiet week uh, to get away, to spend some time in prayer. And I want you to know, my dad told me something years ago. I never, never quite understood it until uh, the last few years. He says, you need to learn how to rest. I'm like, well, Dad, I don't have a problem learning how to rest. I put my head on the pillow, and I go to sleep. I know how to rest. Matter of fact, I like resting. He says, no, you need to get away and rest. Don't go and run and get busy and do all of these things. Rest a little bit. And, and so we picked an out-of-the-way place, Savannah, Georgia. I've never been there. We took a few days out there to just sit, to rest, to pray, uh, and reflect a little bit. It was a wonderful time. And uh, but glad to be home. Had a good church while we were there that we went to and visited with a wonderful group of folks who started of the church, great pastor there, but there's no church like Central, I assure you that, and I'm glad to be home. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, if you're there, uh, turn there with me if you would, 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, and uh, let's stand together when you find that, <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 6, those that can stand, uh, if you can't, just follow along with us, and uh, I'm going to just read a few verses for the sake of time today. Uh, as always, thankful to have baptisms and uh, want to make sure we have time for that. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, look down, if you will, to verse number 11. <clears throat> Paul says this, O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you, our heart is enlarged. You're not straightened in us, but ye are straightened in your own bowels. Not for a recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children. Be ye also enlarged. There's a lot of language in there that we necessarily don't use on a daily basis, but I think the Lord's going to help us. The Holy Spirit this morning unraveled this for something we all need. Let's pray together and ask him for help. Father, thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be back in church, specifically our church. Thank you, Father, for our people. Thank you for the great crowd and the great spirit. I pray that you bless today. Lord, as we open your word, Lord, to hear from you. And Father, as I speak, I pray more importantly, your Holy Spirit would speak expressly and clearly to our hearts. Help us be intent in the hearing of it. And Lord, help us not leave here with just that today, just hearing the word. Help us be doers of the word today. Lord, right now, I pray that each and every heart that's here, and even those tuning in on our, our live stream today, Father, would open their hearts to hear the word, but make, in the, make up their minds this morning that we're going to do it, and we're going to respond to it. Help, Lord, I pray the lost to know it today and be saved. Help the saved today, Lord, to be challenged by your word and to be changed by it, for it's in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I was reading through the book of 2 Corinthians while we were away. Uh, the uh, Airbnb we were staying at had a nice little study, a nice little room to get up in the mornings uh, and study by. And I was reading through 2 Corinthians. And I enjoy reading through both 1 and 2 Corinthians because uh, you really see a great growth curve for the Christian life. Uh, it helps me feel a little bit more uh, like a Christian should feel, to be honest with you, because you read 1 Corinthians, you see these young people in the Lord, in their faith, baby Christians, if you will, uh, had a lot of the problems you and I have trouble with. Here they are, they're saved, they're a part of the church, and yet in 1 Corinthians, they're dealing with immorality in the church. They're dealing with issues of false doctrine in the church. Uh, and then the Apostle Paul, through the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God, pins that letter in 1 Corinthians and really gives them a scathing rebuke of what they need to do and who they need to be. 
Uh, we read 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. Titus brings back word to the Apostle Paul uh, that there has been repentance. Aren't you glad that the word of God brings about conviction to our hearts? I don't always like conviction, but I'm thankful for conviction. Because it shows me who I am and who I'm not, but it also shows me who I need to be. And in the merciful graciousness of God, he allows me to repent and get back to where I need to be. That's what we see at the church at Corinth. Uh, Most of the people have heeded the preaching of 1 Corinthians. They've had the change of heart and turned back and they're doing well. But there are some who have yet to heed the truth. Folks, there's even, in that case, in my life, oftentimes, there are things I surrender to and repent of, but oftentimes there are even some holdout places, some stowaway places in my heart that are unrepented. I'm sure in this building this morning, uh, amongst this many people, there's probably some that are here today that have things we've yet to deal with before God. Don't feel bad. We'll all be there sooner or later at many points in our life where there's a need for repentance and turning back to God. So Paul has presented this truth in 1 Corinthians, and yet there are some that are still struggling with the truth that has been presented. Have you ever struggled with truth? I have. Every time I read the Word of God, I'm confronted with truth. It's the mirror that shows us who we are. And you read it, and all of a sudden you realize you've got stuff all over your face. Oftentimes my wife will give me the signal. You know, what a good wife does. Look, you young ladies who aren't married yet, one day, Lord willing, 20 years, you'll get married. And one day you need to learn how to tell your husband when he has something on his face. Uh, we, were, we were away, we were taking some selfies in front of a fountain, and my wife does the, hmm, she's telling me, there's something on your face. I don't always like it when someone points out a fault that I have, but I'm thankful people do. And that's what the Word of God does. It points things out to us. But sometimes I struggle with the things the Holy Spirit of God points out to me. And here's some people in 2 Corinthians that are still struggling with that. And I I want you to notice what the Apostle Paul, through the leadership of the Holy Spirit, how he describes the struggle they have. Look at verse 12. Paul says, ye are not straightened in us. That's not a word we use a lot. He goes on to say, ye are straightened in your own bowels. He's using the word straight. A straight, we've talked about this word before. It's a narrow place. It's a tight place. It's when you're in a squeeze or a pinch or a bind. You ever been there before? You ever been in desperate straits? Yeah, probably when you pumped gas this week. You felt like you were in desperate straits. You were in a squeeze. You were squeezed between the needs you had for the gasoline to put in your car and the resources you didn't have, right? You were in a bind. You are in a pinch. You are in a squeeze. I went out yesterday with Leslie. She wanted to take her car out and put the top down and go riding around town. And we were out riding around. Beautiful, beautiful day the Lord's given us. And have some of that southern snow on the, on the hood of the car when we got home. You know, that yellow snow that we have out there that makes us sneeze. And we stopped to get gas. And it cost $55 to fill up my wife's bug. There's something wrong in the world. When it costs you $55 to fill up a Volkswagen. And I'm sitting there watching the numbers. I'm thinking, something's wrong with this thing. It shouldn't take but 20 bucks to fill up this little car. I felt the squeeze. I think we all feel the squeeze right now. Now, Paul says to these Christians that are struggling with the truth, he says, you are straightened. You are in a straight. You are in a bind. Now, what kind of a bind are they in? Well, it's very simple. It's the same bind you and I get in. It's the bind between knowing the truth and making the change. That's the bind they're in. Paul has preached truth to them. He has written this letter to them from God, to the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. They know the truth of who they need to be. You read through this, you'll find out there were some Christians who repented and there was needing for forgiveness of them. Forgive those Christians who acted that way. And yet, there was a bind they were in between the truth they knew and the change that they needed to make. Have you ever been there? How many invitations in my life have I been in a bind? I have been in a straight. Why? Because the truth of the Word of God. Thank God for men of God in my life as a young man who preached truth. And that truth and that change put me in a bind. In just a few minutes, probably... 35, 40, 
We're going to have an invitation. And some of you are going to be in a bind. I hope all of us are. Because we hear truth. But then we get caught between the truth and making the change. And we're in a straight. And we're going to sit there. Our palms are going to sweat. And we can't wait till the music starts playing. Well, we can get out of here. Why? Because we're in a bind. But folks, can I tell you this morning, you don't have to live in a bind. You don't have to live caught between truth and change. You can accept the truth. You can make the change. But this morning, it's something you've got to choose for yourself. Now, when we look at these verses, Paul is showing these people that are in this bind how they can come out of the bind. Now, remember this. A bind or a straight is when you're caught between two opposing ideals. Right? When you get in a bind or you get in desperate straits, as he's using the word straight here, it means you're caught between two opposing ideals. Paul said in Philippians 1.23, For I am straight betwixt two, having a desire to depart, to be with Christ. He says, and a desire to stay, which is needful for you. Paul says, I'm caught in a bind. I want to go to heaven and be with Christ, but I have a need to be here with you, so I'm kind of in a bind. Now, that's a good bind to be in. But oftentimes, that's not the bind we're in. This morning, can I tell you, there are many homes today that are in binds. Do you know why? Because we're caught between the truth that we know and the change that we need to make. There's young people in this room this morning. I don't know your heart, but there's got to be some of you this morning, and you're in a bind. There's tension. There's conflict in your heart because you know the truth that God has made clear through the Holy Spirit of God that lives in your heart, and you're caught between the chains that you need to make. That's why we're in a bind. Now, Paul is about to show them how they can break free of the bind. Aren't you glad this morning we don't have to live in a bind? There is freedom. She sang about it a moment ago. Our chains are gone. The conflict is over. But how do we break free from the bind that we're in this morning? That's what we're going to preach on for a few minutes, breaking free of the bind. And Paul's going to show us how we can get out of the conflict that we have in our heart today. Look down to verse 12. Let's just jump right in if we could. The Bible says, ye are not straightened in us. Now, this is very important. Right off the bat, the Apostle Paul is giving a very important truth that they need to understand if they're going to break free out of the bind. He says, understand this, you're not straightened in us. Paul says, I have no conflict with you, and your conflict is not with me. Watch what he says. You are not straightened in us, but you're straightened in your own bowels. Paul says, the bind is not because of me. Now, that's the first thing you need to see this morning. It's the reality of the bind. Now, this is important. If you're serious about getting out of that conflict that you have in your heart, you've got to know why you're in the conflict, correct? And Paul says, I want you to know that you're in this strait, you're in this bind, he says, not because of me. Now, here's what he's saying. The apostle Paul had preached truth to them. And they were not in a bind because Paul had a problem with them. They were in a bind because they had a problem with the truth. Now, folks, you got to hear this this morning. Oftentimes, our, our, our innate response to getting in a bind is for us to push away from the truth. And Paul says, I want you to understand, it's not me you're mad at. It's the truth you're mad at. He says, you're in a straight, you're straightened here, not because of us. Now, oftentimes, can I tell you why we have conflict in our heart? Do you know why we sit there in service on Sunday morning sometimes during the invitation, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and we sit there and there's this conflict. We're in a straight and we're in a bind. Can I tell you, it's not the preacher. Now, sometimes it might be. I'll be honest with you, okay? I'm human as much as the next guy. And we're thinking, man, I wish he'd shut up. I wish he'd quit being mean. I wish he'd quit being hard at us. Do you know what? Oftentimes, you're not straightened with us. We're straightened with the truth. It's the truth that puts us in a bind. And yet, there is no person to look at as the truth in point two. And so, we pick the guy who preached the truth, Right? Folks, I understand it. Why? Because I used to be a church member too, and I used to get mad at my dad all the time. He's preaching away this morning so I can talk about him. He didn't know it. Up there preaching. Man, I wish he would get off that. Hey, what is he doing picking on my troubles? 
What is he doing talking about my sin? Good grief. He's just being mean to us. Oh, no, it wasn't him that put me in a straight. It was the truth that put me in a straight. And if you want to get out of the bind you're in this morning, you've got to see the reality of the bind. Watch this. It's a simple truth ache. That's what our problem is. We have a truth ache. You ever had one? I have been riddled with teeth troubles my entire life. I was born with an, uh, an enamel issue where I don't have enamel on our teeth or like chalk. I'm always spitting out pieces of my teeth. That's my wife. No joke. There's a piece laying on my desk right now from my tooth. And they go in there all the time and they're putting crowns on them, trying to get them fixed soon. Before long, I'll have a Joel Osteen smile that is out of this world. I'm going to write a book about it. It's going to have that sparkle on it. I've had tooth trouble my entire life. And oh man, you'll wake up and that thing's throbbing. There's no doubt what it is. It's a toothache. Can I tell you that throbbing we feel in church a lot of times, you know what it is? It's a toothache. I wish he'd just shut up. Good night. It's 12.15. Look, we were in church in Savannah. We didn't get out until 12.30. I thought, man, I need to let you guys tune into him. You'll be more appreciative of me getting you out of here at 12.15. The truth sometimes does hurt. You know, the Bible the Bible calls itself, Hebrews chapter 4, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged what? Sword. You know, a sword cuts sometimes. But sometimes we need to be cut. Why? Because we have those true things. The truth puts us in a bind. Look, it's not the pre. It's By the way, young people, it's not your parents. Man, I wish they'd just shut up. Now, you're smarter than to tell them that because most of you, as far as I can tell, still have your teeth. Man, they're just being mean. They're trying to ruin my life. Look, it's not your parents. It's the truth. Man, they're just putting me in a bind. They're just kind of constricting my life. Look, it's not them. It's the truth. They're just doing their biblically ordained job presenting you with truth because they love you, because their model is their father who chastens every son that he loves. What puts us in a bind, Paul says, you're not straightened because of us. It was the truth they had trouble with. A friend of mine, he's going on to heaven, I think last year before last, his name was Les Garrett. Uh, Les Garrett wrote the book, Which Bible Can We Trust? If you want a good book on the King James Bible, why we use the King James Bible, Les Garrett wrote, uh, Which Bible Can We Trust? He was the man who composed the song, This Is the Day. Uh, this is the day that the Lord hath made it scripture, but he's the one who put it to music. He was a good friend of ours, and um, his book, Which Bible Should We Trust? I got a copy of it from him years ago. And in the front of the, the book, I says, Brother Garrett, would you sign it for me? And he signed it. He signed it, Les Garrett. And underneath it, in parentheses, he put, or in quotes, he put, help fight truth decay. I thought to myself, well, that's good. That's good. You know, we have a problem with truth. Why? Because truth confronts us. Truth shows us who we are. And oftentimes we lash out at the people who are telling us the truth. Man, that Sunday school teacher, man, somebody told him about me. That's what it was. Somebody ratted on me. And the Sunday school teacher had just stepped all over my toes this morning. He's after me. No, he's not after you. It was the truth that was after you. And Paul says you're in this bind. You are straightened. You're in a straight. Why? Simply because of the truth. That's the reality of the matter. I believe the reality of the matter this morning that oftentimes the bind we're in is because we're wrestling with truth. We know the truth and we're wrestling with it. Look, this is not something that preachers are immune to either. I wrestle with the truth. Every morning I tried to get up while we were gone. The whole point of this trip was to get away, spend time in prayer, just get refocused. And I'm sitting there and I'm reading the Word of God. I had a big circular window overlooking uh, East Jones Street there in Savannah Historical District, just sitting there reading my Bible. And then as I read it, I was confronted by truth. There were things I needed to get right with my wife and apologize to, to my wife. I said, man, there's some areas in my life I haven't been the best husband that I need to be and haven't given leadership that I need to be. It didn't feel good. But thank God that he loves us enough to confront us with the truth of his word so that we can repent and be more like Christ. The reality of our bind this morning, I fear, is simply this. We are debating and wrestling with truth. 1 Kings 18.21, what did Elijah say on Mount Carmel? Elijah came into all the people and says, how long, listen close, halt ye between two opinions. They were in a bind. Why were they in a bind? Because they hadn't made up their mind on the one true God. You see, they were in a pinch. 
Is it God or is it Baal? They were pinched between the two. The reality is they didn't have to be in the bind. The reality is they didn't have to have a conflict. They just had to make up their mind who was going to be God. And that's why we're in a bind today. We've yet to make up our mind that God is going to be God of our life. And the reality of our bind is we're wrestling with truth. And if we just surrendered to the truth of what God makes known to us, the conflict would be over. You know, we think if we surrender to God's truth, we're going to have greater conflict in the world living the truth. But the truth of the matter is, the greatest battle you'll face is fighting God over the truth. Some of the most miserable people in the world that I know are not people that are out there fighting the powers of darkness. They're the people who are fighting the power of light. As a matter of fact, some of the people that are on the most forefront of the Christian battle who are fighting, they're going through temptations and trials and struggles, trying to do the will of God. They're some of the most joyous people I know. Why? Because they realized a long time ago it's a lot harder to fight God than to fight the world. And so they accepted the truth, and they're going to go out there and fight darkness with joy in their heart. That's why so many Christians are miserable this morning. We just had a better preacher. I told Brother Nate earlier, you read 2 Corinthians, Paul revalidates his apostleship so many times. Paul defends the fact that he's a called apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, can you imagine this? Paul having to defend his calling. And yet he has to. Why? Because they would rather question the apostle Paul than to question themselves. Let me tell you, you can get that far skewed this morning when you refuse to accept truth. I'll give you a few examples right quick. John chapter 8, verse 37, Jesus says this, I know that you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. Now, why did they seek to kill Christ? Was it because he was mean? Was it because he was just a bully? No, it wasn't Christ that they were mad at. It was the truth. It was the truth. They were not in a strait because of who Christ was. They were in a strait because of the truth that he spake. By the way, why did they kill Stephen? Was Stephen just a bully? No, I don't believe he was. I believe Stephen was a good-looking guy, sharp-looking guy. I believe Stephen's only fault in their eyes was the fact that he spoke the truth. Listen to what the Bible says. When they heard these things, Acts 7, 54, they were cut to their heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. Can I tell you, the problem wasn't Stephen. The problem was the truth. And that truth cut. And that truth hurt. But watch this. You can't get mad at truth, so you get mad at the one speaking the truth. It wasn't Paul. He says, you're in a strait this morning simply because of truth. You have not received the truth. I'll show you that here in just a moment. In our marriages today, I, I, I was doing a lot of praying while we were away about how to be a, a more of a blessing to our families and our homes, how we can strengthen our families and our homes. The devil can get to the church if he can get to the family. The devil will submarine the church if he can get to the family. Why? Our church is just families. How did, he, how did he mar the entire creation in sin? He went after the family. Had a lot of prayer time. Praying, how can we strengthen our family? How can we help in our families? Mine included. But do you know why so many of our marriages have troubles this morning? Our marriages are in trouble, not because of the husband. It's not because of the wife. The real bind is we're struggling with truth. Wife says it's the husband's fault. Husband says it's the wife's fault. No, the real fault this morning is it's not struggling with each other. We're all struggling with truth. I've never seen a marriage fail where both the husband and the wife decided on the side of truth. I've never seen one fail. But I do see them fail when they decide, you know what? I don't want the truth. I want what I want instead. You see, that's why we're in a bind this morning. It's because of truth. There's a young lady one time, she locked herself out of her car. I think we've all been there before. Maybe like me, you've been there four or five times. And uh, the young lady tried her best. She found a coat hanger, tried to, get, you know, tried to jimmy it out. It wouldn't come out. And uh, finally, she says, I'm late for class. i got to get to college. And uh, so the only answer is break the window. So she runs over to the first guy in the parking lot. She says, sir, I've locked my keys in my car. I need to get to class. Do you have a hammer? He says, why do you want a hammer for? She says, I need to break my window, duh, so I can get my keys so I can go to class. 
He says, well, look, I tell you, I don't have a hammer, but I can help. Says, no, 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 no. If you don't have a hammer, I don't have time to sit here and talk about the weather. I go find one somewhere else. So she went to the next guy. I said, sir, do you have a hammer? He said, absolutely, I do have a hammer. And he gave her the hammer. She walks over to the window, busts it out, gets her keys. About then, the first time, the first man walks over to her and he says, I see you got in your car. She says, yeah, the hammer worked. He says, what I was trying to tell you is that I'm a locksmith. And I would be glad to help you get in your car. She said, well, it's a fine time to be telling me that now. And she took it out on the locksmith. Can I tell you the lady's problem was not the locksmith. The lady's problem was she wasn't willing to hear the truth. She didn't have time for that. Hey, I don't have time for that. If you don't have a hammer, the hammer's what I need to fix my problem. That was not what she needed. She needed a locksmith, but she thought she needed a hammer. And how often do we do the same thing with God? God's trying to give us truth. God's trying to help us get in the car of our home, get in the car of our kids' hearts. He's trying to help us save our, our country. And we're like, no, God, I don't have time for that. I've already figured out how I was going to fix the problem. And yet all the time, God was the great locksmith of our life. Who want to help us in, but we would not hear the truth. Number one this morning, the reality of our bind is truth. We've rejected truth. Now, why is it important that you accept truth? John 8, 32, what does it say? And you shall know the truth. And what does the truth do? The Bible says the truth shall make you free. Now, hear that out. What does truth do? It makes you free. Free of what? Free of the bind. You want to get out of the bind? See, I'm just, I'm in a conflict this morning and the invitation comes around. I dread it. I don't even come to church anymore because I hate the invitation time. I'm just in a bind. Do you know why? Because you want to accept the truth. The truth makes you free of the bind. And yet we push the truth away. Why? Because we think that's the answer. No, that's what puts us in a bind. Number one, this morning, the reality of the bind is they were struggling with truth. Let's keep reading. This is the most important part. I want you to get the second point if you don't get anything else. It says, you're not straightened in us. But ye are straightened in your own bowels. Now, this is important. Paul says you're not straightened because of us. You know, you can use the preacher, your Sunday school teacher, your parents. You can use whoever you want as your scapegoat of why you're in the conflict you're in. Paul says it's not us the reason you're in a bind. He says it's your own bowels. This is the second thing you need to see to break free out of your bind. Notice number two, the reason for the bind. He gives them the reason for the bind. He says, it's not because of us. It's not because of me. He says, the reason you're in a bind is because of your own bowels. Now, let's stop right there and answer the question before you go off chasing a rabbit in your mind. He's not talking about our stomach. Some of you are thinking, I've been in a bind in my stomach before. That's not what he's talking about. You're thinking, wow, we're covering the gastrointestinal problems of the human body today in the church service. No, that's not what he's talking about, all right? He's like, I have been in a bind in my bowels before. That's not what he's talking about. You look up the word bowels, it simply means desires or affections. He says, you're not in a bind because of us. There's no, I have no, con. Paul says, watch this. Matter of fact, look at verse 11. Oh, ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you. Our heart is enlarged. Paul says, I'm not mad at you. My heart is open to you. My heart is enlarged to you. He says, I don't have a problem with you. He says, your problem this morning is your own desires and your own affections. Now hear this out, folks. Hear it out. Do you know why we sit in these chairs so often? And you sit in your home and you read the Bible or maybe you watch on live stream from time to time. And all of a sudden, our heart gets in a bind. We feel a conflict. Man, you're like, mm, I don't like this feeling. Do you know why? Here it comes. We're caught between truth and our own desires and affections. This is what he's saying. You're not straightened in us. Sit back at home thinking, man, who does that preacher think he is? Talking about my television show. You wouldn't believe the hate mail. I cannot believe you actually said that behind the pulpit. Listen, you don't have no business in people's homes and in their lives. No, I do have a business to blow the trumpet and help them know where they're supposed to be. Man, who does he think he is? 
and you get all riled up. Man, that preacher just ruined my day. It wasn't the preacher that ruined your day. It was the truth. What happened? You're straightened in your own bowels. All of a sudden, truth confronted self, and now you're pinched between the two of whether or not you're going to do God's will or you're going to do your will. Now, remember this. It takes two opposing ideals to create a pinch. My wife and I, she lets me help her cook sometimes. There's one of those HelloFresh meals. They deliver it to your door. And that UPS guy drives up with the food in the box. I'm not joking. I think he steps to the door. And it's just dented up there. And we open it up and there's the food in there. And a matter of fact, we even took some of the food on our trip. That way we could keep costs down and, and cook in the Airbnb. And one of the things that I asked for the other day was a pinch of salt. Now, I looked through all of those little spoons, Brother Jim, and none of them said pinch. I saw a teaspoon, tablespoon, half a teaspoon. I saw all of these things. I didn't see a pinch. And so I'm just figuring a pinch is a pinch, right? Some of you got big fingers. That's why you have high cholesterol. <laughs> your pinch is bigger than other people's pinch. You need to let your kids do the pinching. Can you imagine how hard it would be to pinch with one finger? Think about it. Come on, go with me here. You know it's going to get us in the end, but just think about it, okay? Do you know how hard it would be to pinch with one finger? You stick your finger over in that salt thing? That'd probably be the healthiest thing for all of us if we started pinching with one finger instead of two. Some of you pinch with a whole hand and put it over in there. It takes two to pinch. It takes two to pinch. Do you know why so many of us are in a pinch this morning? Why we're in a bind? Why we're in a straight? We're caught betwixt two. We're caught between truth and we're caught between self and we're in a bind. But if there was only one, you wouldn't be in the pinch. But as long as there's two, you're going to be in this bind. Now, this is important. Paul says you're in a self-inflicted strait. You're in a self-inflicted strait. You're in the bind you're in. Your heart is just in tension this morning. Why? You're in a self-inflicted strait. It's because you know the truth, but you also know what you want, and you're caught between the two. I remember the night that God called me to preach. I'm sitting three-quarters of the way back on the right side. My palms, why does your palms sweat, by the way? I don't know why, but my palms are sweating. My heart is racing. I'm trying to block God out. I'm singing the song just as I am and trying to tune the Holy Spirit out. But man, he's just hit me. And I am in a pinch. I am in a straight. I'm in a bind. I was trying to hide it, you know. Sometimes if you're in a bind with an imitate, just not, amen, amen, yeah. Makes it look like he's not talking to you, right? Amen, I hope they're listening, amen. I was in a bind. Do you know why? I knew the truth. I knew the truth. But I also knew what I wanted. And I was getting squeezed in the middle. I wanted to play basketball. That's what I wanted to do. I know, dumb idea. That's what I wanted to do. And I was getting squeezed between what God said and what I wanted. And man, I was in a bind. And then all of a sudden, I just accepted the truth. And the bind was over. Now, folks, we've got to get this this morning. I read throughout the word of God several people that are in binds. I want you to think about this. The first one I think about is Adam and Eve. Would you say they were in a bind? Yep. You weren't going to die. Now you are going to die. I'd call that a bind. <laughs> right? You live in a perfect world, and now you live in a cursed world. Yeah, I'd say that's a bind. Why did they get in that bind? Why did they get in that bind? They knew what God said, but they knew what they wanted, and it squeezed them and squeezed them and squeezed them until finally they gave in to what they wanted, self-inflicted strength. I think about the children of Israel. God delivered them from Egypt. Everything's going great. The Bible says they went out with a high hand. They're having a good time celebrating. Next thing you know, they're wandering 40 years in the wilderness. Why are they wandering in the wilderness? Just because God's mean? No, it was self-inflicted. They wanted to go back to Egypt. I want to go back to Egypt where the garlic's at. They wanted something God said they couldn't have. That's what put them in a bind. Think about Achan. Achan standing in the valley of Achor with his children, his wife, all that he has. People around them are about to stone them to death. I'd call that a bind. How did he get there? Was he falsely accused? Was he maliciously maligned? Was he suffering for being a do-gooder? No, he was in a bind. 
because it was self-inflicted. He wanted something God said he couldn't have, and he went and got it anyway. You see, he got in the bind between what God said and what he wanted, and it squeezed him and squeezed him and squeezed him until finally he gave in to self. Now, what do they have in common? They were self-inflicted, and they wanted something God said they couldn't have. Do you know why we're in a bind this morning? Most of the time, it's self-inflicted because we want things that God says we can't have. We have our will, we know what self wants, what desire wants, and we know what God wants, and we're just squeezed between them. That's why we get mad at the preacher. That's why we get mad at our parents. That's why we don't like our Sunday school teacher. That's why we quit and go home. We're blaming them, but we're not in a strait because of them. We're in a strait because of our own bowels, our own desires, and our own affections. It's us. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer and mercy and grace. Why? Because I have a self, I have a body, I have desires that oftentimes lead me more than the spirit. While we were in Savannah, we left Savannah and drove up north two hours to Charleston. Wanted to see Charleston before we came home. And we were walking the riverfront in Charleston. I got a text from a good friend of mine, one of my best friends in the world. And it was probably one of the saddest texts I've ever gotten. A young, a young man, a good friend of his that I came to know through him that we had been praying for had taken his life. And he sent me a picture of the letter, the note that he left behind. And the note said, give this to Stephen. Stephen was the young man, the friend of mine that I was talking to. And you read the last words of a young man that was about to take his life and end his life. And you know the heartache that they're dealing with right now, the pain his mom, his wife, his friends are dealing with now. You think about all that they're going through, the questions they're going to be asked, the regrets they're going to have, and it was all unnecessary. It was all unnecessary. Self-inflicted. Self-inflicted. I believe more times than not, we as Christians are suffering not because we're standing for Christ. It's because we're opposing Christ. We're not suffering because we're out there on the front lines fighting the battle against evil, trying to win folks to Christ. No, we're suffering because we want our way and God says no. And God says you're in a strait because of your own bowels, your own desires, your own affections. We left Savannah heading to Charleston. We're covering this road, I mean this narrow little road between the salt marshes. As I'm going down the road, I look up on the left and I see this mama duck Behind the mama duck is the smallest little ducklings I've ever seen in my life. Little bitty, three of them. And they're sitting there, and I'm admiring the little ducklings that are over there. All of the sudden, the mom got this great idea that she wanted to cross both lanes of traffic with her ducklings. Traffic blazing this way, traffic blazing that way. All of a sudden, mom takes off and just flies. <laughs> Lucky her. The little guys didn't have their wings good enough yet to fly, and so they're out there in the highway. I'm talking about trucks running over the top of them. And so I did what only a good Christian would do. I slammed on the brakes, hit the hazard button. We're stopping traffic, stopping traffic. And I said, honey, go help them. <laughs> I did not think for the night to get it on video. Leslie is in the middle of two lanes of traffic. Shoot, shoot, shoot. She's out there. We're stopping two lanes of traffic. Chicks are going everywhere. They're running under the car. Leslie, shoot, shoot. Watch this. Two lanes of traffic have come to a screeching halt. These ducks are about to lose their life. Leslie's getting embarrassed out of her mind. It really was good. I looked at the rearview mirror. There were two young ladies in the car behind us, and they are dying. Leslie's like, shoo, shoo, shoo. And you hear the tweet, 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 tweet. They're just tweeting everywhere. Shoo. And then they run back into the car. Chaos. Chaos erupted on whatever highway that was Wednesday morning. It was bad. All because that stinking duck couldn't stay on their side of the road and wanted to cross on the other side. And I thought about that as we went down the road. I says, how often 
Do we make a mess of things? We bring chaos all because we want something we didn't need. The sad thing is Mama Duck made it out. The baby ducks almost lost their life. Mom or Dad, you might make it out. But be careful staying in the bind too long. It might cost you your kids. You better agree with truth as soon as possible. One day we see our children get squashed because we taught them. We taught them it's okay to live in the bind. It's okay to live somewhere between self and truth. Now, I want to show you something this morning. I want to ask uh, Brother Braden, Brother uh, Joe, come up here right quick. Thank Brother John Lapone for helping me with this illustration this morning. I hope it works. hope you understand it. Brother Braden, I want you to get this one. Brother Joe, I want you to get this one. And uh, it's great to have somebody like Brother John in the church who has this kind of uh, uh, equipment. He could cut these things out for us. Brother Braden, turn that around right quick. You have truth right here, and Brother Joe has self right here, okay? Now, I want to show you something. Let me get around here. I pulled this back. If I fall off, please don't laugh, okay? Even though I laugh at my wife, you don't laugh at me. All right, come in here, guys, real quick. Come in here. We reap what we sow, right? All right, put me in a bind. Put me in a bind. This is how most of us are today. We're in this bind caught between the truth of what we know God has said. And rather than deny self to get out of the bind, you know what we do? We deny truth. And I wish that preacher would get off of me. I wish that preacher would quit being mean. Watch this. And we're left with ourself. And one day you're going to be like Judas. You're going to find out you can't live with yourself. You would have rather not deny truth. You'd have rather embrace truth. Instead, though, we pushed away truth because we didn't like the bind we were in, and now we're forced to live with ourselves. Now, what did Christ say? If any man will come after me, who is Jesus? I am the way and the truth. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. All of a sudden, ooh, I'm not in a bind anymore. There's freedom. Why? Because I've chosen truth. I have decided, you know what? This is what I'm going to live with. This is what I'm going to accept. This is what I'm going to pursue. But the reason we're in a bind this morning is we want both. That's why you're in a bind. You feel pinched because you know the truth and you've yet to work up the spiritual courage to deny yourself. Remember, it takes two to be in a bind. It takes two. You deny one, go put yours down, you can go have a seat. You deny one, watch this. Oh, feel kind of free. I would do a jumping jack, but I don't want to impress you this morning. I have liberty, I have freedom. Why? I've denied myself. I'm no longer in a strait, I'm no longer in a pinch. Do you know why? I've chosen truth. I've chosen truth. This morning, the reality of the bind is we're fighting truth. The reason for the bind is we're caught between two. And it doesn't have to be that way if you would just deny one. But here's what we do. We deny truth. Quit being mean. Quit jumping down our throat. I don't want to hear that. It makes me feel bad. And then, like Judas, you're left to live with yourself. And Judas would tell you it's awful hard. You can put it down. It's hard, awful hard to live with yourself. Folks, this morning, I believe so many of us are in a bind. We're pinched between self and what we want and what we know God says. What did he say? Look at verse 12 again. Ye are straightened in your own bowels. Do you know why? Listen, young people, listen to me. I love you. By the way, I want to throw this in there. If you'll read chapter number six, Paul gives you a grocery list of how hard he tried to speak the truth the right way. Watch what he says real quickly. You look down. He says in verse 3, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. In all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience, afflictions, necessities, distresses, and stripes. Paul gives this huge list. He went through all of this to give them the truth. He says, my heart is open. He says, listen, don't just hear the words that hurt. Hear my heart. My heart is open. Watch this. But and yet, no matter how nice Paul said it, they still rejected it. Why? Because it was truth. Don't think, man, if you just said things nicer, people would follow. No. If it's truth, you ought to follow it no matter how nice it's said. That's true. Go back and read what Paul said. 
Paul reads in, he says, I was in prison, in tumults and temptations. I did my best to present truth the right way, and yet you still are in a bind. Why? He said, it's not because of me. It's because you don't want to hear the truth. Young people, listen, don't push your parents away. Don't push your parents away. It's not them. It's the truth you have a problem with. Understand who the real enemy is here. Listen to me, lost person this morning. Don't push the church away. Don't push God away. It's the truth you have a problem with. And this morning when we choose to embrace truth and deny self, the bind is gone. Remember when you got saved? You probably got saved and walked out feeling miserable, didn't you? Oh, I'm going to heaven now. Names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Sin has no dominion over me anymore. Man, this is just miserable. I guarantee, if, if that was you, I wonder if you got what you think you got. I bet you you were happy, excited. I can't go to hell. The devil can't touch me unless I let him. You have the power of God on your life. Man, this is great. You know what that's called? It's called freedom. Why? Because the day you got saved, you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, who is truth incarnate. You accepted that. And all of a sudden, there's freedom. That same freedom awaits the Christian this morning who accepts truth and denies self. Real quickly. The Bible says in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Here's what Paul said, watch. I died to self. I died to self. Folks, there's got to be a place and a point and a time in our life. I read someone had a quote this week. I think it was, uh, was it Mueller? He talked about the success in his ministry. It was a simple fact that a long time ago he says, I died. Oh, you wouldn't be in the bind you're in this morning if you just let self die. But the only way you can let self die is to choose truth. Now, the last part is the best part. Look down, if you will. Number one. The reality of the bind is you're fighting truth. The reason for the bind is our own affections. Finally, he says you're not straightened in us, but you're straightened in your own bowels. The reason there's a conflict is because of your own desires. It's not because of Paul. Verse 13, now, there's our word. Now for a recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children. There's his heart again. Be ye also enlarged. What's the answer this morning? How do we break free out of this bind? I'm tired of being in this bind, this conflict. Well, the conflict, you're caught between two somethings. Most likely, it's truth and self. How do we get out of the bind? Well, Paul says, my heart is open to you. Did he not say that at the end of verse 11? Our heart is enlarged. My heart is open to you. He says, okay, now you have to recompense in the same. Watch this. Be also enlarged. Some of you just found your life's verse, didn't you? Be ye also enlarged. You're like, yep, there it is. There's my life verse. The remedy for the bind, the remedy for the bind, what did he say? He says, open your heart. My heart is enlarged. My heart is open to you. He says, be ye also enlarged. He wasn't talking about their belly. Okay, I saw some of you get excited. Yes, it's scriptural. No, it's not. He says, I want your heart to be open. The only way that we're going to get out of the bind we're in this morning is to open our hearts and accept this one, to accept the truth. That's why we're in the bind to begin with. We're fighting truth to preserve our self. Real quickly, the Bible says in Psalms 119.10, With my whole heart have I sought thee, but let me not wander from thy commandments. With my whole heart. I open my heart with my whole heart. I have sought you. I have sought truth. Let me not wonder. Do you know why we wonder? Do you know why we're in a bind and why we struggle? Because with most of our heart, we seek him. But with part of our heart, we seek self. There's the bind again. As long as you're holding on to self, there's that conflict, that bind, that struggle, that pinch that we're in. When I was lost, I remember the Holy Spirit of God dealing with my heart. It was in October 1989. That's all I can remember. I remember for the first time in my life, I felt in a pinch. I had heard preaching. My grandparents were missionaries. I've been to church most of our whole life. Heard great preaching, great preachers. But for the first time, I remembered feeling, ooh, that's different. 
You know, as a kid, nine-year-old kid, you come to church, you know, draw some pictures <laughs> during church, fall asleep, your mom pinches you, wakes you up, kind of part of the routine. But this day was different. All of a sudden, I felt pinched because I heard truth that all were sinners, that all had sinned and come short of the glory of God. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking to myself, ooh, that didn't feel good. And then I heard there was a price for sin, and that price for sin was hell. There is none righteous, no, not one. That meant me too. And I'm thinking, ooh, that doesn't feel good. I remember going to my mom that night. I said, what was that preacher talking about? I didn't say, how dare he? Does he not know? I won the citizenship award at Bassfield Elementary. Called me a sinner? No, it was truth. I was also the guy that stole the pack of baseball cards from Piggly Wiggly in Prentice, Mississippi. I was a sinner. Man, I, I didn't know about that. I'm thinking, you know what? I don't want to go down there. I don't want to talk to the preacher. I, I just want to. I, 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 truth, 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 truth. And buddy, after a while, I was in a pinch. And I said, I've got to get some relief. Thanks be to God. Rather than choosing I, I chose the truth, and I opened my heart and accepted it. And that's why I'm saved today. That's why I have freedom today. That's why I have liberty today. I'm not worried about dying. I'm not worried about where I'm going when I die. Why? Because a long time ago, I chose to get out of the bind, to break free from the bind by accepting truth. That's the remedy. That's the remedy. And you know, even to this day, I find myself in binds, reading the word of God. I was in church Sunday morning in Savannah, Georgia, and man, that preacher preached, stepped all over my toes. Oh, I was in a bind. There were some things that I needed to open my heart to. This morning, can I ask you something? Are you in a bind? Are you in a strait? Are you in a strait? You're like, man, I just, uh, something's going on in my heart. Not sure what it is. Could it be that truth has confronted self and you've got to make a decision. Number one, you need to make a decision whether or not you're going to accept the truth of Christ and be saved. But if you're saved today, oftentimes that self is not dead all the way. He comes back, doesn't he? You might have to mortify the deeds of the flesh again. But that begins by, what did he say? I want your heart to be enlarged. Open your heart to receive the truth. You can break free of the bind this morning. You don't have to leave here in a bind. You can be saved. You can have liberty. But here's the difference. Paul says, you have to open your heart. God's not going to force his way in. But you could open it this morning and have that peace you're looking for through the truth that will set you free. Let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed.